You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Smart Assets podcast. I'm your host, Chris Thompson. And today we have a special guest for you. It's Austin Linney. Austin's a former service industry veteran of over 20 years turned serial entrepreneur, real estate investor, mindset and business coach. Uh, he, he's the host of the weekly podcast, Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. When he's not building businesses, growing his expansive network of who's who in the leading industries, providing massive value each week with his podcast, or helping his coaching clients achieve a breakthrough, he can be found training for and competing in Ironman triathlons across the country. If you're an entrepreneur waiting to start a business, you're wanting to improve your mindset through coaching, or you just want to have a heart-to-heart conversation of how to overcome the odds, Austin can help you get you to where you want to go. Austin, man, it's great to have you truly here. Um, Welcome to the show. Dude, I appreciate it. You make me sound so good in that intro. (laughs) Makes me feel good about myself. (laughs) Well, well, you should. Uh, So, you know, we... uh, uh, on this show, we harp a lot about mindset. You know, we understand that, you know, you, you put in negativity, you're going to get negativity out. So might as well put in positive, you know, feed yourself positive vibes and you're more likely to get positive output. Um, so, you know, we know that you have a very interesting story and this can be seen as an inspiration for a lot of people. And everybody that's with everything that's gone on this year, there may be some people that are going some through some pretty rough times. Uh, Would you please like tell us a little bit about your story and some of the challenges you've faced and how you've been able to overcome some of those obstacles? Yeah. I mean, I think especially what's going on right now and just more in general, as I, as I dive more into the recovery space, you keep meeting so many top level CBOs or people that have entrepreneurship that have been through what I've been through, but to do the quick, long story, whatever you want to call it. When I was 17, my parents separated. I lived in a nice neighborhood in Houston, Texas, uh, called Sugarland, out in the neighborhoods. You know, everything handed to me, nice house, the whole thing. And uh, when I went out to the country, um, I was dealing with my parents' divorce, and I, I started working in the restaurant business. I started drinking, which drinking graduated to a, a cocaine and then cocaine graduated to meth. And then, um, you know, in my head, the meth wasn't a big deal. Like, you know, oh, I do it on like a Saturday or Sunday, but then you start staying up for multiple days. Um, you start not eating. Right. And, uh, what really was my breaking point is I stayed up for like seven or eight days straight and I hadn't eaten like at all. And I'd taken like 40 Xanax to go to bed. So it was this roller coaster of just like up and down and round and round. I was seeing like rabbits that weren't there. I don't know. It was a whole thing. Um, and then an ex-girlfriend saw me and she was like, man, you look like shit, like really bad, like clothes falling off of you. And uh, that's when I packed up all my stuff and I, I moved to Austin and I just quit cold turkey, the hard drugs. Um, and you in those moments you have you're like how how did we get here like like how did we make little choices right that in the big scheme of things don't seem big but these little choices to get to this point where 
you know, nice country club house to meth addiction, right? And you would think that that would be a rock bottom part. And so I guess the good news in that story is I didn't use hard drugs much anymore, at least definitely not meth, cocaine from time to time, but, but nothing crazy. So that turned on to the drinking while I'm, I'm waiting tables in Austin drinking, I'm young. And long story short, I moved back home and uh, my mom, after like four weeks of me just like treating it like a hotel, you know, just like not working, but not really working. And she's like, all right, I'm done. Threw all my stuff out on the porch with a bag. And then my dad cut off all my credit cards. He cut off, you know, everything he was paying for. And I had no car, nowhere to live, no, nothing. And a buddy came and picked me up, um, just like crying like a little baby in the car, like you know, a 21 year old baby. And he's like, all right, dude, enough. Like, that's not going to get us anywhere. Let's figure some shit out. And so the only thing that we could figure out was my best friend at the time's brother had a house and I had nowhere to live. So true story. He goes, I, I have nothing for you, but this will work. So I literally slept underneath the stairs in a closet for three months on like, I would say it's probably like 20 to 30 square feet, maybe. So I had a single bed and a fan and I literally slept in a closet with no light on. Um, and that's where I slept. And my buddy got me a job with a guy he knew. So the guy picked me up at 5 a.m. every morning and dropped me off at six o'clock at night. And I, I laid brick and tile for three months and, and lived off 40 bucks a month, uh, ham sandwiches. And there's a lot of nights when, when you're in the closet and you're thinking to yourself, like, I just lived in like a 3,900 square foot house next to like Kevin Garnett on a golf course. Like, how did we get here? Like, how did we how did we make the choices that we made that got us here? Cause overall I'm a good, I'm a good person, right? In your heart, you know, you're a good person, but sometimes the wheels just fall off uh, <laughs> the wagon, you know? And I got, you know, I made money. I, I got my car back and, you know, I met my wife at the time, you know, eventually and like we moved to Austin and, but that pattern of like self-love and how I felt about myself continued throughout my, my, my better part of my life. And I was, a, I was a functioning alcoholic. There's really no other way around it. You're, you're a bartender. It's part of the scene. You know, you're a mixologist is what you do. You, you travel to Napa and you go to wineries and you drink. And um, about two years ago, I joined a mastermind called M1. And uh, it was the first time I got around guys that were successful that didn't drink. And, uh, I brought up to them, I said, you know, how's it been? You've been sober for eight months. You know, what do you think? And he goes, well, it's a lot, a lot better than being blacked out on Friday nights, most night, you know? And so that was the first time I tried to quit. So I, I 26 days, I made it and I had to have a drink. And then I was like, well, I'm going to try again. So I waited like two more months. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this time. Like for real, for real. Uh, and I made it like 30 days and I was like, Oh my God, I feel great. Like, let's go 60 days. All right. We got 60 days. Like, well, fuck it. Let's go six months. So long story short, 
Uh, I've been sober a year and eight and a half, nine months. I've lost 65 pounds. I've lost eight pant sizes <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a different human and I'll never go back. And something that I want to make very clear to the, to the, to the listeners is that I feel like I had to go through all those things to be able to be the best damn coach that I can be for my clients because I got them beat like 90% of the time. <laughs> like, Hey bro, I got you. You know what I'm saying? And it takes a lot of work on the mind and perspective to get there, to understand that, that those things were a gift, even though in the moment they didn't feel like it, if that makes any sense. Right. Now, did you know, <clears throat> I guess, um, did you know you wanted to be a coach while you were doing, you know, while you were kind of caught up in those negative things? I, or is I, it I, I always had that. I, they called me like Dr. Phil at, at the restaurants. Like I always, people always came to me. I have, I'm very insightful. It's nothing that crossed my mind. It really isn't. I mean, I thought about it. I was helping people out for free. And when I got, when I met my coach who changed my entire life, Omar Pinto, who's an amazing human, is my favorite human in the world and really uh, changed my life. He started noticing things and he was like, man, you're, you're almost like fixing yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm helping you with coaching, but I'm fixing yourself. And it, it, that's kind of what led the spark, you know, that started the uh, thing. But I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was doing it a little bit, uh, but I was working private equity and then COVID hit and uh, I lost my job. And uh, then I got divorced like the next month. So I lost my job, got divorced this year. And uh, I had two people reach out to me and they wanted me to coach them. And there we go. It just took off. And uh, I, I love every part of it. It is uh, my true calling. There's no other way around it. You, you, I do not let you off the hook. If you're my client, like we're, if we're going to get in, we're going to do some work and we're going to make you the best version of yourself. It's just as simple as that. Um, and when you tap into what you're truly meant to do, there is a freeing feeling about it. If that makes any sense. No, I, I totally track, you know, uh, for a little while now, uh, you know, my buddy Danny and I, we've been kind of looking for a coach, a mentor, um, you know, somebody that's going to help, you know, push us to the next level, whether that's business related or quite frankly, you know, mindset related, you know, and I, you know, I tend to have, you know, bad day just like anybody else. And uh, you said something on one of your podcasts, uh, probably a Wednesday rant about energy. And uh, I mean, it was just kind of like, you know, taking that taking that moment and putting it into context, you know, that, you know, maybe that hour didn't go your way. Right. But that, that shouldn't translate into this. Mm -hmm. Oh, my day was terrible. Like, no, that, that one little pocket. Yeah, that wasn't great. But overall, you know, there were much better things that happened throughout the day, you know, maybe being able to see somebody you love or it, like anything and to really have that, uh, have that state of mind and that strength to like identify it right then that like, no, this isn't going to well, spiral. This is going to be what it is. It's so important. You say, I heard something yesterday and it's like, it's just like boring a hole in my brain and it's my new thing. 
I truly believe this. Two things I'll point out. I think energy is everything. I think as a coach, yes, I'm skillful in private equity, Airbnb, multifamily, all those things. But I truly believe that when you hire a coach, you're hiring for energy because the energy is the seed of change. It's the crack in the door. Because I, we have a joke around my friends. I dare you to get on a jet ski and not smile. It's not possible. Right. So I dare you to be in a bad mood and dance. It doesn't work. It's counterintuitive. But we as society have made emotions be how we react to everything. By letting emotions drive us, we don't live in intention in who we are. If you move in intention, then you're moving with a laser focus because you're grounded in your core values instead of being triggered. Who says, just like you said, who says that you had one bad hour of the day and you had to make it a bad day? Society says that. Oh, I heard something today is so great. <laughs> Andy Fraselli said, if you walk up to me as an entrepreneur and you tell me, oh, I'm just so busy. He goes, I'm going to tell you to fuck off. He's like, because nobody wants to hear it. Somebody that's super successful is rooted in who they are and they have people surrounding them to operate at the highest level. Right. Instead of living and breathing off of triggers and emotions, right? And I think that's what we're after, right? And something that's very important in my coaching and it's where I live on, it's my foundation, is too often... People build a business and then build a lifestyle around it instead of building a lifestyle and wrapping a business around what fits your lifestyle. Uh, Makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, you know, I think the idea of having like no bad days is amazing, Mm -hmm. but like no bad days is important, but that's kind of hard to, it's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, we know that mindset is important. You know, in fact, we talked a lot about that on the show. Um, but just saying that mindset matters, that only helps so much, you know, and sure. in our experience, people need actionable steps, yep. you know, to, to make a mindset change. Sure. And say, say someone's struggling with their mindset, whether they have a negative mindset or maybe they have a fixed mindset and they sure. can't seem to break out and flourish. Like, what would you say are some like, actionable steps that someone could take to like conquer that issue, like in that moment, there's this is, that. I believe this is my belief. If you work with me or I coach you or you're in my circle, you have to work out and it has nothing to do with the actual way you look or whatever. I believe this. I just had a coaching client today, young kid. You are creating these big dreams and then you're not, fulfilling the dreams because you, you can't get there quick enough that you have to create small wins. You have to create a list of three things that every day that you're going to knock out. That's going to make you feel like, cause all we're trying to do is get 1% better every day. So if we could replace the negative habits with three positive habits, meaning here's the problem. Everybody's worried about what they do in the gym instead of going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Give me 15 minutes. I got a client right now. We've been trying to fix his working out stuff forever. 
I told him, I said, give me 30 days every day in the gym. doesn't even matter if it's five minutes, 10 minutes. You're, you're building in a new habit. And here's something that's very important. When stuff goes sideways or external forces hit you or the economy crashes or your girlfriend breaks up with you, if your default is positive habits, isn't that an amazing thing? Right. Instead of the default being, I'm going to drink, I'm going to watch Netflix. But what if the habit is my girlfriend's mad at me, I'm going to go to the gym. My girlfriend's mad at me, I'm going to go for a walk. Ooh, isn't that such a more pop? Look, here's the truth. It's very simple. We have five addictions in our life. Make sure that they're positive. That's Super simple. Powerful. What if, what if, what if every time your girlfriend was mad at me, you learned multifamily? Oh man, in six, <laughs> in six months, you'd be a freaking rock star, right? <laughs> but we have associated with them being mad at us with, we're going to take it. We're going to double negative instead of a balance, the positive with the negative. That's all I'm looking for is let's just remove the negative and replace it with two positives. Dude, I have an addictive personality. Not everybody wants to go do Ironman training, but I replaced having alcohol with running a lot and swimming. How dare me? Like, right. you, you know, I'll take that, right? So I just think that's the way you do it. I think, I think getting in the gym, because something that's super powerful that it took me 37 years to understand. It's not the promises that we break to other people that destroy our inner confidence. It's the promises we break to ourselves. I agree with that. And every time you start and stop something, you're, break, you're eroding the inner confidence. And that's where it all stems. Because I'll be, I'll be very clear about this. I've seen it every client this week. The number one issue in America, let's say the world, is nobody loves themselves completely. It's not an ego love. It's not a I'm better than everybody. It's a I'm enough. Because mm -hmm. you as a person, meaning you, Chris, are just amazing the way that you are right now. And the only reason why we're beating ourselves up is because we're mad at things. We're mad because we don't know what we don't know because we don't know. Why am I the why am I not the best multifamily investor in the world? Because you just got started six months ago. Mm -hmm. Like the guy that's been doing it for 30 years is the best. Like, but we're gonna beat ourselves up because we're not there quick enough. Because I, you've heard me say it on the podcast, married, married to the process, divorced from the results. There's a lot of power in that. You know, <clears throat> I uh been really looking forward to uh, talking and hanging out with you because like currently, you know, like there's a, I, there was a point, there was a point in my life, you know, when I start to understand, uh, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not shy from confrontation. Right. But, um, you know, when I know somebody's wrong, like it's hard for me to be convinced when I'm not wrong or whatever, but it, it at a certain point, uh, I don't mind saying I'm sorry but I hate saying, I'm sorry. I hate doing the thing that requires me now to apologize. And, uh, a lot of times, like I have to have that self, uh, that self-awareness to be like, Oh, no, I definitely am not going to say that. Or, you know, like 
like coming to you as a coach and hearing the hard truth, I might get defensive, but in reality, like I came to find you for this information just because the truth hurts. doesn't mean I need to get butt hurt over this. And, and a lot of this stuff it's, so I've learned to basically like take things to heart. Like right when I feel some kind of internal resistance, understand in that moment, like why, why is it feel weird? You know, and, and I don't ever claim to know everything, you know, who knows what I don't know, but well, it's no, just, a power, a powerful quote that I live by is everybody is so worried about what they'll lose by telling the truth because that's quantifiable. They have no idea what they might gain by telling the truth because they can't see it. Again, it's good. We're so worried about speaking our truth because somebody in society might be upset. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to let you in on a secret. I fucking love my life. And do you know how long it's taken to get here and how many shitty days? And guess what, guys? I had a shitty day the other week. I'm a human like everybody else. In the moment that my mindset goes south, this is what happens and see if this resonates. I'm worried about what I deserve or what I should get out of it. Instead of leading with serving and bringing value to people, I'm worried about what I get or what I deserve because I'm 38 and I should be here and I should be there. Shouldn't be anywhere because we haven't even defined what there is. And and here's a little secret. When you get there, that's going to move again. Right. So your why, my why is to lift up everybody that I come in contact with. Can I ever be done? Not really. No. So I'm, I'm working an infinite sum game. You can't beat me. Wow. I want to just pivot just, just a sure. minute here. Uh, sure. You know, anybody anybody who's really tried to create a business knows that life of an entrepreneur can be very challenging a lot of highs a lot of lows and and that feeling can be be of loss like an unsure you know and if we're on the right path and it can be difficult to keep going and and there is that there's an element of giving up and walking away and what do you say to those people who who are, let's say, at the end of their rope, they've just had enough? What do you say to those entrepreneurs that are facing those challenges? I'm going to keep it a little funny and super simple. Okay. If you were put on this earth to be a goat farmer, what are you going to do? Go be a perfume salesman at Abercrombie? I guess Re- not. Regardless of how it looks, the only reason they would give up is because how it looks to somebody else. Right. This is hard, guys. And more importantly, self-awareness is a secret weapon. Who says, and I'm just throwing this out here, who says that you can't be number three at an entrepreneur startup and you don't have to take all the burden, right, of number one, right? Or who says that you have to have 3,000 units as a multifamily guy. Like you could have three functioning Airbnbs that are net cash flowing 1,500 bucks a month because you're cleaning the toilets and you could be financially free. But we as humans, entrepreneurs especially, have not defined what success looks to us. 
because mm-hmm. we need to match what other people are doing. If your if your company is net cash flowing 125k uh, a year, and you can be at every one of your kids' soccer games and you're at dinner every night with your family, why do you need to go to 300? Right. You need to go because you think it's what you're supposed to do or what you're, we all want to scale or we want to leave our job before it's time. And this society in 2020, we've bastardized W2 jobs. There's something to be said for building a dream on the side of stable income. But everybody wants to get their first rental property and ah, I fucking quit. I'm out. And it's like, well, hold, 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 hold on. Like I grew an Airbnb company management, 26 units in five, six months in seven States. We were on fire. We could have lit. You could have seen the fire from across the United States. I was flying around and then we woke up on January 1st and had no money. And then me and a business partner didn't see eye to eye and I lost 26 grand. And I was beating myself senseless for two days. I mean, just beating myself up. Like drink, I think I was drinking. I was a drinking. No, I wasn't drinking at the time, but just not in a good place. And I called a buddy and he said this to me. He said, did do you have a master's in in business? Did did you go to business school? Have you started a business before? No, no, no. Okay. Well, then you just got the best education you ever got in your life. Count it what it is, move on with your life. And that set me free. Because I learned more about who I wasn't, which is the real key, than who I was. And we're so quick to push off failure but that friction and that push and pull is how we become a better version of ourselves i completely agree i uh you know no one likes to fail but i bet you learn far less on a win than you did on a failure Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. we always talk about that just even in our personal lives you know when something didn't go our way you know, an inspection went bad or it could be anything like, all right, well, what can we learn from this? How could this have been done better and apply that going forward? So there's always, there's always a chance to learn. I mean, we're lifelong students. And and, and something that's very important in that vein is that the true way you set yourself free is extreme ownership Mm -hmm. and alcoholism and failure in business. If you're going to put the blame on everybody else, then how are you going to learn? But you have to take ownership of what you've done or what you've set up because everything that you are where you are right now, meaning, hey, guys, I wanted to be the Airbnb guy. And then I'm out there complaining about it. Well, you're the one that wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. And, but we don't think about that in the moment. This is sure. what we wanted. And yet we're complaining about it. It doesn't make any sense. So what do you say to those people who, who, who announced their goal and then they come complaining about that goal? How do you handle that? Get a coach. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like you, we are meaning in relationships where we live, the job we're in, who we show up of every day. 
was the choices that we made to be there. And yet we as humans complain that we're there. I'm just as guilty of it. Man, I lost 65 pounds. I want to lose more weight. I want to look better. Dude, it's a process. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, the podcast is not getting enough listens. Well, I mean, dude, you've only been doing it like six months. Get it together. Like, you know, but that's where we want to go. And the best advice I ever heard from a high-performance coach is he said to me, Austin, you will never be happy if you realize that there's nowhere to get. There's always another real estate deal. There's always another transaction. There's always another this. There's always another that. But what we've done is we're, we're saying that I'm going to get better or I'm going to get healthy or I'm going to do this when I get there. And then there moves. And somehow we've decided that at 65 is the age that we're going to turn it off and our bad knees are going to walk around Rome instead of being 26 and setting up a lifestyle that allows you to travel. And maybe you don't make as much money as your friend, but you're free. Free is the only currency that matters. Right. And this COVID, this year, has allowed more people than ever to work from home, and they're seeing it. And they're like, oh, damn. My buddy runs $5 billion for UT. And they've been out of at home for like, I don't know, nine months. And he's like, dude, I don't think I'd go back to the office. He's like, I don't have to drive an hour and a half in each day. I get to see my son. People are starting to see it, right? These why investors are buying RVs and traveling around the country with their, with their families. We put such a, we put such, we put success on such a pedestal. And when we get to the pedestal, we don't even know what it looks like anymore because we beat it up so much. Mm -hmm. Instead of looking at our hearts, what's funny about society and especially, especially guys is we move away from who we were at six to 15. And yet all I spend my time now is wanting to get back there. Do you know what, do you know what I, you know what I wanted to do when I was young? I wanted to ride on the back of a garbage truck. I thought that was the coolest fucking job on the planet. He was so nice. He, he threw the football with us. And then I'm like, no, I'm going to be the biggest single family investor in the world. And I'm like, wait, I don't want to do that. Like, but you have to go down those paths. Right. And you have to say, Oh, this isn't for me. You have to back up. You have to rebuild. Right. And, and, I think that we, I think that we somehow stumbled on an amazing name for the, for the podcast, but it truly is true. Like you have to construct the life that you want. And, and something I'm going to say to the men out there from a former, from a divorce guy, make sure that you're communicating the dreams and goals that you have with your wife. It'd be really great with your partner if you actually I don't know, let her in on the scheme and made sure that that was what you both wanted. Right. I think that's what we do as men. No, this is the way we're going to go. Right. And we're mad when they don't respond the proper way. And we haven't even communicated the vision. And if you need some reference for that, read the book, vivid vision, it'll change your life. We've read vivid vision. 
I'm curious um, with the way things are going on this year, do you have uh, okay, so I'm sure you had set goals for yourself this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, have, mm-hmm. have those changed at all? Did you have to like reassess that? And uh, do you have any you know big, hairy, audacious goals lined up? Yeah, I you know we had to revisit some goals, some things fell through that we obviously we were going to build a couple of houses, new construction that fell through the money market straight up. You know there's a couple of things we had to revisit, but when COVID hit, I told myself I was going to get better. I wasn't going to get worse. So I read, I probably read 55, 60 books. I'm in the best shape of my life. I work out twice a day right now. You know, I wanted to be ready and rocking and rolling when we got out of this or, you know, when we eventually get out of this. And I, I'm in that, and all my friends are doing the same thing around me. You know, we're not going to use this as an excuse because, you know, we can't worry about who's in the White House. We can't worry about what the government's doing because, nobody's here to save you. And we just want to go do us. And, you know, I have a goal. I don't, I don't share with a lot of people. Um, I kind of am the CEO, like, but I don't really do a lot of the day-to-day stuff. It's more of the visionary stuff. Uh, but I can see potential in people and put them in a position that they, 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 they can strive. And I, I want to create 10 millionaires. I really do. Um, I think I want to show people that anything's possible. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, my mentor tells me probably weekly is you have to make your ceiling, your new floor. Every time there's no limits, there's no limits to anything with the right amount of focus in the right direction. You can change your entire life in 120 days, but we're not willing to go all in on our life. We've got one foot in, one foot out. I firmly believe if you put 100% focus on something, you will succeed. I can't define what that looks like for you, but I know that if you put 100% focus on what you're doing and you show up every day with a great attitude and you show up ready to serve and bring value to people, you will get everything you ever wanted. Because operating the other way is scarcity and the world is shut off to you. Makes perfect sense. It, I, it really does. Um, let me ask you this: since you since you love to coach people and you love to see people come up, um, as someone who is looking for a coach, like what can you give me any tips uh, that me or the listeners could employ? Like when we go find our coach, something to look for, or maybe a red flag that says like this ain't your guy. Like how how what do I know the- this guy's for me? One of my coaching clients told me the greatest compliment I've ever got. And this is something very important when it comes to coaching. He said, I knew that you were my guy because I knew that you weren't going to big box coach me. And let me explain. He said, I knew you weren't going to put me in a course or a system and you were just going to run us through there. Mm-hmm. He goes, I knew you were going to tailor what my needs were to me. And so I make every one of my clients take a personality test. I make them write out a vision statement because I want to know what kind of push and pull I need to put on them. And you can't just label everybody the same. And I'm not here to sell my services. I'm here if you need it. I'm available. I want to help. But make sure that the guy doesn't want to sell you something right off the bat. Like maybe sure he's just adding value to you. Because I am 
I am invested in my clients. Like if they get a 23 million offer, I'm probably going to take off my shirt and do cartwheels down the street because that's how happy I am. Because when they win, I win. And that's how invested I am. Is your coach that way? I can't tell you. But we want to get the guys that can teach us about multifamily or Airbnb or all that stuff. How about the guys that can teach us how to live a life that can operate in a manner that those things are just binary products that we can learn as we go? Because it starts right here. It starts in the mind. It starts in the heart. And I think too many people are focused on spreadsheets and Airbnb stats and all that stuff instead of focused on how you live as a human and how you operate in a world that has no obstacles, right? That's what we're after. Because if your mind's right and your heart's right and you're living in who you are, then you can take on any challenge. But it's not the other way around. I love that. I love that. Well, we're, uh, I don't want to run out of time here. Sure. It's been, uh, it's been a, a wonderful conversation. I feel like I could uh, talk about this stuff until we go blue in the face. But uh, I've, I've really enjoyed getting to speak with you and getting to learn more about your story. And, sure. uh, but before we get out of here, I wanted to take some time and basically shine the light on you, Austin. You know, For two minutes or however long you want, just tell our listeners what you have going on. Could be anything you want. Sure. I want two things. One, I'm not going to promote myself because it's not who I am. Okay. Uh, everybody knows what I does. You can just Instagram. You can find me if you need me. I'll DM. I'll respond. I swear. But something I want to make very important, and it's it's maybe it's on my heart because this year, lost love, found love, all that stuff. We need to make sure that the relationships that matter the most, meaning the kids, the wife, the husband, that that's the most important real estate transaction we ever made. And when everybody asks me if there's something they can do for me or how they can add value, you can go be with your loved ones and be present. And I'm just as guilty of it. I'm working on it daily, but it's very important because we're so worried about our goals that we don't, approach what's what's right in front of us mm -hmm. and then the second thing i want to say is i want to commend you and your partner on putting yourself out there and starting this podcast because i know how much work it is and i know how much trepidation it was to start and i just want to thank you for the opportunity because it matters to me that that you would take the time to interview me so i just wanted to thank you Austin, you're the man. Uh, it's been an honor talking to you. Um, tell us, uh, like, how can we, I know you didn't want to plug yourself, but uh, like, how sure. can our listeners get a hold of you the best ways? So Construct Your Life's the podcast, Austin Linney, Instagram, Facebook, message me. My phone number is 512-529-7515. Email me or, you know, it's on the podcast website. Just just share it with your friends, send it around. That's all that matters to me. DM me, I will respond. So, uh, and let's connect. I'm, I love connecting with people. Excellent. Uh, we will include that in the show notes. And, um, you know, I look forward to continuing a relationship with you. I lo love to see your successes. And, um, man, I, I wish you the best of luck. 
Uh, I really appreciate you coming on this show today. Uh, It's been extremely valuable to to me and I'm sure countless others. And uh, just thank you very much. I appreciate it, my man. Thank you. Well, to all our listeners, uh, that's it for today. Uh, Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.